2: Hello and welcome to another midweek edition of the Total Saints podcast. We are the weekly Saints podcast, your home for all things Southampton Football Club. This podcast is being live streamed on YouTube, Facebook, X and on Twitch. So good evening if you're watching along live. Our podcast is supported by our loyal Patreon community. Without you, we couldn't make the show each week. So a big thank you as always. Coming up on the podcast, Saints suffered their first home defeat since mid-September against Hull. The courage was lacking apparently. We'll have a look at exactly what did go wrong. And Millwall will have a new manager for the trip to St Mary's at the weekend. We're going to preview that game. My name is Martin Stark and joining me this evening are Steve Grant, the owner of Saints Web, Alfie House is senior Southampton reporter at the Daily Echo, and Glenda Lacour is the writer of the blog League One Minus Ten. Underpinned by our TSP patrons, this is episode 266 of the Total Saints podcast. <laughs> Your home for everything Southampton FC. From dedicated Saints insight to exclusive interviews. Live on YouTube every Sunday and available to download wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is the Total Saints Podcast. And we start, as always, with the shout out to our Patreon community because their monthly contributions support our show. And it's a big welcome to Luke Maxim, who has joined our Bobby Stokes tier this week. So thank you, Luke, and welcome along. There are four tiers ranging from £5 to £20 per month. And aside from supporting the podcast, each of the tiers has different perks. You get access to an ad-free version of the podcast. There's exclusive TSP t-shirts, the FPL that we do, and there's TSP events as well. Now, the ad-free version of the podcast is available on Spotify now. So if you link your Spotify and your Patreon accounts, you can listen to the ad-free pod directly via the Spotify app. And earlier this month, we launched the New Look TSP shop. If you're a patron, you get a personal discount code to spend. There's a good selection of hoodies and T-shirts and mugs and lots more stuff coming in the next few weeks and months as well. If you want to go and check it out, it's shop.totalsaints.co.uk. And if you'd like to get involved in supporting TSP each month, just head over to patreon.com forward slash Total Saints podcast for all the details. You'll find the links in the podcast show notes and also in the YouTube description. So our first home defeat since September, 2-1, the final score against Hull. I feel there's a lot to get through this evening. Glenn, I'm going to start with you. Um, Friday's winner, West Brom, had seen the team bounce back from a poor defeat. And last night, to me, felt like a
3: a huge step backwards. Yeah, we were shockingly bad, basically. (laughs) From an hour before the kickoff, when the team came out, I put in our group chat, oh my God, he's picked that midfield again, or worse to that effect. and it was just it was just a disaster waiting to happen from that moment. And whereas we had a distinct game plan against West Brom to how we were going to deal with their strengths, I couldn't see what on earth the game plan was supposed to be to deal with Hull's strengths. You know, Hull had decided to to uh play with courage, that that buzzword. And yeah. um, you know, they they pressed us all over the park in much the same way that Huddersfield did. In the in the first half of that game, their their forwards didn't let our defenders settle on the ball, but mostly they swamped our midfield, which was largely absent. Basically, what happened: Stuart Armstrong, who I praised for being, you know, really responsible and getting really close to to Smallbone and uh, and the other midfielder, Shay Charles, against West Brom, he was absent. He was kind of playing as a auxiliary left winger, either by design, or maybe he just didn't have the legs to play two games in four days. Will Smallbone was kind of trying his best, but struggling. And Joe Rothwell, I, well, less said the better, really, um, just in case one of his relatives is watching. But um, it, it was just awful. He has no idea what to do when he receives the ball with his, with his back to play. No idea at all. And it just became painfully obvious that he was getting really frustrated and he ended up giving away the, the second goal just with a bad touch. Maybe there's maybe he doesn't do enough scanning around to see where the opposition players are. I don't know, but he, it seems like Russell Martin does not know how to use him, and I think he's his presence has kind of confused our options in midfield. Back before he signed, we had sort of down Downson, Charles as the sixes, Ariba and Smallbone as the eights, and Alcaraz and Armstrong as the tens. I don't really know where. Rothwell fits into all that. So uh so the, the midfield was basically the problem. We gave away the first goal because Adam Armstrong dozed off and Kyle Walker Peters didn't cover himself in glory down that down our right hand side. I think um Bezuni pushed pushed it out and uh, they followed it in one nil. Um no response from us whatsoever. Then the uh, the second goal came in from uh, from Rothwell's mistake, basically. Oh, and I've forgotten the fact that we, you know. That same player should have put us ahead. We had a glorious chance at one 0 We should have gone ahead, which may have changed the game. But uh, but half time, and I was already thinking that the game was done because Hull are a much better side than Huddersfield, you know. And I know I know we got away with it against Huddersfield. Three subs at half time could have been five. No, none of the midfield, all the attackers could have complained if they'd got hauled off at all. As it was, the three that came on all made sort of like quite a big difference um you know david brooks Shea adams uh, I thought he had a really good game which is bizarre because in his last game he was absolutely atrocious so maybe that's uh, that sums him up but the um, the star of the second half without a doubt was joe rebo who I, I thought was tremendous from the moment he got on the pitch just looks fit looks very strong totally different player to what he was last year i mean he, he I don't know if he has or not, it's hard to tell, it looks like he's lost a lot of weight. Uh just looks to be moving more, more freely. Um, I thought he was excellent. And for me, he has to come back into the starting eleven. And um it was um, it was unfortunate in a way because we, you know, we forced Hull back a bit. But they they were kind of playing within themselves a little bit second half with the with the 2 0 lead, eighty-seven minutes when we got the goal, and it just you know, if we'd got it on 75, then uh, maybe we'd have had a shout at getting something out of the game. But uh, I think it would have been undeserved, and I think it proves what we all said after the Huddersfield game: you, you don't get away with it too often, um, regardless of how good your bench is and 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 how good you, you know some of your players are. If you um, if you start a game that badly and and basically waste the first 45 minutes, then uh, you're not going to win many. And that 45 minutes was it was absolutely rank i mean it was it was just awful our midfield didn't didn't play and if if the midfield gets nullified in this system that we play then there's no ball progression and there's you know through to the strikers and you end up hitting it long and there's no d- defensive screen either. So it was just just a disaster that first half. And uh, that is ultimately why we lost. The, the damage had been done, hadn't it? I think he said yeah. afterwards. Steve, do you think the the blame kind
2: of lands with the manager for, for picking that wrong side when you saw that that team use an hour before kick-off? Did you, were you thinking the same as Glenn looking at that and, and that midfield?
4: Uh, yeah. I mean, it's always a concern, I think, when... I mean, especially given that we're coming up against a side who we know we know can play against our, against our system um they demonstrated that in the game up at up at their place uh, back in what october when it was and um yeah it's frustrating that kind of it seems as if everybody else can can see the very obvious problem and yet it it's it's just one of those occasional blind spots that managers managers do get and it, it it's weird it's a weird phenomenon isn't it that it happens kind of at all levels that some managers just have a complete blind spot for one either one area of the pitch or one individual player and yes yeah, so we've gone into this game without one of our two sort of players who we would probably say are comfortable playing that playing that number six role and as a result we've left the three of the three of the guys in there to be completely overrun Rothwell clearly isn't up to speed on the on the system yet. I mean, most. I mean, it was the old Colton Palmer first touch, wasn't it? For um, for that um, for that second goal, it was further further than a a lot of people can kick it. I think. And yeah, it's just a lack of lack of cohesion in that system. And if you've got someone who's showing that vulnerability, then you shouldn't. I mean, they shouldn't be starting in in games against against good opposition fine play play them on Saturday against against Millwall where where they're fourth from bottom in absolutely rotten form and you and we're expecting to have 99% of the possession and and roll them over quite easily but against a side who as as I say we know can play it was just a just a massive massive mistake i think and i mean shay charles demonstrated that he was he was very good on fr- on friday night I didn't think he was terrible against Bristol City. It was just his passing was off positionally. He was he was absolutely fine. And and it was the positioning that was the that was the problem last night. That yeah, as Glenn alluded to, smallbone was smallbone was was kind of in the right place most of the time. He was occasionally fraction slow, which gave which gave the whole players just that little bit of belief that they could go and nick it. I mean, they they didn't tend to nick it off of him, but then pushed them kind of three or four yards further up the pitch, which which just caused it, just squeezed the space and caused us issues. Rothwell was, I mean, every every pass that Rothwell made seemed to be made about ten mile an hour harder than it needed to be. Um, there was one where he basically ended up sending Bazunu back ten ten yards towards the corner of the area and put us under pressure. Um, there are a couple of sort of blind sideways ones which he played sort of between between attackers uh, to Bednarek, which. I mean, they both came off, but very close to being intercepted. Um, and those, those passes are the ones where I mean, I know obviously Russell Martin speaks of courage and being brave in, in these situations and having the belief to to play these passes, but you've also got to play them at the right at the right times and, and with the right pace. And he just wasn't wasn't anywhere near. And as you say, Stu Armstrong was nowhere near the the middle of the pitch for the vast majority of the time he was on, so um yeah that that midfield battle was lost from from the time that team sheet went in unfortunately, and it meant that the three kind of attacking outlets were were left completely isolated i think um I mean I think Alfie mentioned in our uh, sort of group chat that Sekumara only had one touch inside the inside the hull half. And it's like, well, he's just given no service, nobody's within thirty yards of him and there were there were times I think that we had a couple of counter attacks down the right in that first half when Walker Peters went on a run and got beyond got beyond one or two players, but then he had three whole defenders kind of closing in on him, and you looked around and there's nobody like you can't i mean the best the best he could do is either try and win a throw in mm. or kind of just lump it cross field and hope that it it lands at a uh, Saints feet and it was it was just just a little just really disjointed. I mean second half was obviously a lot better, couldn't be any worse really. <laughs> but yeah, I mean as as he said, the damage the damage was probably done against mm. against good opposition. You needed to kind of get one back probably first 10-15 minutes of that second half and and change the uh, change the direction of things.
2: It was courage that was lacking last night, Alfie, apparently. Bristol City, it was all about bravery. Last night, it was about courage. To you, does that mean like the, the willingness to take the ball? And it, it just seemed times when the, the goalkeeper had the ball and there, there just weren't any options opening up in front of him? Is that what he means by, by courage? Just willing to, to take the ball and, and, and take some of the on?
5: I think when you're playing against a team like the set like the way Hull were, yes, I think that is what it means because they're obviously doing a, a man-to-man press and you've got basically no options. We saw quite a few times the ball would come into the holding midfielder, usually Will Smallburn small bonusman, and um, he, you know, he would have no nowhere either shoulder to play it to, so it would go straight back, and then Steve mentioned a couple of times where it went straight back, and then Gavin Zunis pushed 10 yards back, and everybody comes in, everybody comes in, all congested into the Southampton half and that's why Sekumari didn't touch the ball in the whole half, basically the entire game uh, Well, obviously came off half-time. The only person who was really stood anywhere of use would have been Samadozi on the left and he was the one who mm. actually, luckily, didn't come in and join the sort of scramble in the middle but uh, you, know, you still couldn't get the ball to him, still couldn't make anything happen. What I saw in possession was just pure panic. I think I mean, fair enough. Whole city came, and that was an excellent away performance because they came, they nullified what they are good at, and that's playing it around quickly. Mm. They stopped that from happening. They turned the atmosphere um, because you know it became quite frustrating and, and quite panicked pretty quickly. Um, and yeah, I just think that there's no options to pass to. Um, you start giving the ball away, you start inviting pressure on, and obviously the two goals you conceded are, are pretty poor as well. Um, so, yeah, for me, just panicking position, not knowing who's go to, not having the spare man they're so used to finding. And I think um, Russell Martin made the point and mentioned that Gavin Bazunu in the second half, his distribution was excellent because he actually had somebody to pass to and um, mm. made that point quite specifically. But yeah, the subs when they came on, they were good. Like the second half performance, in my opinion, was good. It just wasn't good enough to turn around a two goal um, lead. You know, there's a reason why the coming from behind to beat Huddersfield um, when two goals down was the first time Saints had done that in about, you know, four years because mm. it doesn't happen often and you can't get away with it every single time. Um, but yeah, David Brooks for me has to start on Saturday. Um, yeah. I can understand why he didn't. I can understand why he sort of kept the same team. But for me, Adam Armstrong just looks a little bit tired at the moment. I don't know if it's just sort of so hard going in behind the channels every time. And he's also coming in short to try and uh, make tackles, try and you know, get the ball with himself. But when David Brooks came on, he just seemed to pop up in so many different areas that Adam Armstrong wasn't. He was picking the ball up out on the left and playing it back inside the box. I think the goal came from something like that, the chances um, they did have came from that. So there's going to be a couple of changes on Saturday, I'm pretty sure. Um, mm-hmm. So we're going to see another, you know, another different team lineup, Um And we can only hope that it's got Flynn Downs on it because the obvious thing that is still missing is Flynn Downs. Um, so, yeah, let's see.
2: Yeah, you do kind of wonder, and, and you think uh, somebody like Brooks might have a bit of a field day at the weekend. A um, couple of things I just want to go through. I've got a question from James, who's one of the patrons. I know we've touched on a few of these bits, but um, Glenn, I'm just going to read you the question. It says, can you ask the guys if they think teams have found us out? Huddersfield did it for 45 minutes. Bristol City did it for the full 90, as did Hull last night. We can't seem to cope with teams that press. Uh, and don't even get me started on that starting midfield trio. I know, I think we've covered mm-hmm. off the midfield trio, but is it is it teams are doing their homework and, and working us out? and, and and they've discovered the best way to play against us and and how to like last night you know get the crowd on on the edge
3: and uh, change the atmosphere in the stadium it's very difficult to play that way and press us for 90 minutes i i do think there are there are times in games like the first half yesterday where you kind of have to ride it out you know and you you kind of just have to be a little bit more pragmatic i think we we seem to struggle with that we have one way of playing and That's it, and if we—it reminded me a little bit of the Leicester game at the start of the season, where we just got all panicky and 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 gave away gave away a couple of goals, I think it was in that game. I don't think teams have necessarily sussed us out. I think it's it's always been the best way to play against us. I don't think you know. I don't think it's rocket science to uh, you know a team that wants to have possession, you press them high up the pitch. I don't. I don't think that's particularly uh, uh, a big revelation. If the other team plays well against you, you've got to rise to the challenges that that mm. presents. And you know, against Huddersfield, we did it eventually, but against against Hull, we just we just didn't. And it and it was almost it was almost like we were waiting for half time. Please sort this out. I mean, it, in my opinion, there should have been subst- probably two substitutions made in between the first and the second goal. Mm. But I know not not many managers are going to pull. One or two players after half an hour, but it was it was so bad from probably a, well after the Rothwell miss until half time. It it was so bad and and it wasn't getting any better. So that 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 anomaly about yesterday, the the way we kind of waited till half time to do anything about it, they didn't they didn't seem to be. Maybe there were some sort of like subtle positional changes that I, that I missed, but it didn't work. Whatever it was, so uh, I just I just think. In answer the original question we we just have to be better at dealing in game with periods of you know where the other teams are are pressing us and in, and in the second half we you know we sussed it out with um you know everybody everybody who remained on the pitch played slightly better and the substitutes made a huge impact but I mean Russell Martin's not addressed the you know the the obvious issue with that midfield selection. I mean, eight goals we've let in with those three as the midfield. Mm-hmm. In, I think it's about 130 minutes. I mean that, that just that just cannot cannot go unnoticed. But I did remember saying that after the Bristol City game, and here we are again. <laughs> Same thing. There's a bit of deja vu about it, isn't there? A yeah. couple of other bits about the the game. Alfie, should we have had a penalty?
2: I don't. Did you see the replays? I I couldn't see it from where yeah. I was. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, when it, I was, I was downstairs drinking a pint of uh, whatever it yeah. was from the Dancing Man Brewery. I'm I, I, I was was. done
5: with this. So uh, yeah, was it a pen? Should we have? Um... Well, I mean, it's a blatant handball. The only the, the only bit of the debate is is it a push from Taylor Bellis, and I don't have the answer to that. Um, you know, there's a, he obviously makes contact, um, but for me, it's not a natural place to sort of fling your hand. Um, so I'd have given a penalty, but I mean, Steve's looking like maybe he disagrees. No um... one really complained, did they? No. Well,
4: yeah, I mean, this this is the problem. There weren't there weren't many complaints complaints from mm. any Saints players at, at the time, but I mean, like having looked back on the highlights, they show basically three angles of it, and none of them quite catches whether there's any actual kind of push. Mm. All you can see is there's a hand on the defender's back, and unfortunately, referees being referees these days, they are lazy. They will just give easy decisions against attackers in those situations because the ref doesn't want to give a penalty. For some, for for a player doing something utterly ridiculous, because Hmm. you think, well, why has he done that? So he's going to give. He's he was always going to give the the um, the easy decision, which is defensive free kick. um, Unfortunately,
5: and we got away with one potentially at West Brom as well. So. You kind can't yeah, even it up, yeah. Evens it up.
2: So thirteen games, I think it is to go now, Steve. I was just gonna ask, can we afford any more slip-ups? And everyone's been starting we're getting up to that point in the season now where we're starting to look at the fixtures and who we've got coming up and going through, going, up. well, maybe that one, maybe a point there.
4: I mean, I think you can afford slip ups because I mean, with all the best will in the world, Leeds Leeds and Ipswich aren't gonna win all thirteen of their remaining games either. So yeah, you've just got to just gotta do do your own job and get Get things sorted. There are there are going to be slip ups. We're not going to be able to maintain 100 um, percent record from from now until May. That's just not realistic. And and I'd like to think that nobody actually thinks that we can do that. But yeah, one one game at a time. But yeah, I mean, I think all eyes are realistically on that game at Leicester next month, aren't they? Win that game, and and who knows, but. Yeah, we've got all got all three of them to play away.
5: Yeah, it's actually quite a tough running when you when you think about it as a thirteen because um, they play seven of the top half in that thirteen, and the record against those um, seven isn't actually amazing. Um, obviously, because they've lost to all of Ipswich, Leicester, mm. and I can't quite think they drew a couple against Coventry and stuff like that. Watford. Um, so I think they, they've ended up of those fifteen games they've played against the current top half, they've sort of faced. I think they've won four, drawn five, and lost six. Um, and they've got to play seven of them in their last 13s. But in you know, the day, you've got to beat the, the best teams. Um, so the, obviously, we know that going to the top three is going to be what ultimately decides to lay of the land this season, you know, especially for that final day of the season.
2: I did today, I'll be honest, put the playoff final in my calendar, which I hadn't done mm-hmm. until now. I just uh, but you know what? I just better check that Um, <laughs> that we're around for that. Do you still, still think we can make the uh, the automatics, Glenn? Are
3: you, I, I, oh, last definitely. night
2: was Yeah. Hmm. Because... I'm starting to have my doubts now. That's all.
3: Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, we're, you're going to have doubts after two defeats in three. But you know, it, it wasn't so long ago that you know Leeds lost two games in a row. Leicester mm-hmm. lost two games in a row. It, it, Ipswich had one win mm-hmm. in eight or whatever it was. So the chances are, I mean, we're we're having our little blip, if you want to call it that. Now those teams are almost certainly they're all going to have one before between now and the end of the season. Um, hi Leeds fans! Yeah, you will have a blip between yeah. now and the end of the season. I, so I thought was,
2: Ipswich were going to have theirs last night. Uh,
3: but yeah, yeah not, I couldn't believe
5: that. That summed it up for me. Um, <laughs> to concede the ninety-fourth minute and then go and score the winner after that is ridiculous.
3: Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I'm, I, I say this, and it's a bit—it's a bit of a cliche, but I, I honestly don't look too much at the results that the other teams are getting mm-hmm. because I just figure that if we do our job, then then it will sort itself out. It's, it would be a handy bonus if um, Leeds or Ipswich kind of lost I mean all that all that today's sorry yesterday's results sort of gave me is that I now obviously want Leicester to beat Leeds at the weekend whereas I was kind of yeah. undecided about that um beforehand and 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 after a couple of defeats you kind of think okay so maybe reeling in Leicester is is a bit unrealistic and we've just got to um we just got to aim for second place but but no, I, I certainly think it can still be a, it can still be turned around. We um, could be back one... in
5: second by Saturday afternoon, honestly. Yeah, we've, we've had one drop,
3: so. We've had one massive run undefeated, and if, how many games is left? Thirteen. Yeah, yeah,
5: thirteen
3: yeah. games. Yeah, if, yeah. If we win ten out of the last thirteen, then you know there's there's no reason why we can't do that. But we have to. Well, that we that would be back. points then, wouldn't it? Yeah, mm. you have to get back. You have to get back. We have to get back on it, and um, and we have to stop picking that midfield. It's <laughs> simple <laughs> it just did make me laugh when he was talking about courage yesterday
2: we've had um, it was bravery wasn't it, Courage. it's starting to sound like a script from the Wizard of Oz I can just see if we, next time we lose it's going to be brains or hearts <laughs> or something but um, I just want to do uh, player of the week as well in the stadium they announced Jan Bednarek I think as uh, as player of the of the match, which um, was, was interesting, um, not long after Joe Aribo had scored. So, obviously, I think Aribo is probably the name that most of us are going to agree on. It was Slim Pickens, Alfie. Anybody, have you done your ratings yet in the Echo?
5: Yeah, I've done my ratings. Yeah, Joe Aribo and David Brooks, I think both got an eight from me. Um, so, I mean, I'll, I'll say whichever one of those you're not saying. Um, but they both changed the game when they came on, um, both involved in the goal or scored it. Um, and I say I must, I said about David Brooks, but he just he popped up in so many different areas. He wasn't mm-hmm. sort of limited to that right hand side. And in a game like that, where you're really struggling to make things happen, and um, that's exactly what you need. So yeah, David Brooks, if you're saying Joe Rubo. Yeah. Uh Steve,
2: anybody else? Not really. Steve. Um
5: Shea Adams, I thought, was was very yeah. good in the second half. And
4: and this is this is one of the frustrating things and kind of where you do have a lot of sympathy with with the manager in terms of team selections, is that Adams has had so many games this season where he's just looked completely anonymous. And it's like, well, why are you out there? Why, why are we picking him? And then he'll come on with a, with a little bit of a point to prove. And he'll play like he did uh, last night where he was holding the ball up. He was uh, strong, um, strong in the challenge and um, not, not willing to be bullied around by the centre backs and uh, little flicks around the corner and bringing other people into play and, Getting himself into, into the box and and that sort of thing, and then he'll get a start, and then he'll kind of amble around and, and not do very much. Um, so it's really frustrating. You just want just want him to kind of be able to put that sort of performance and I'm kind of loath to say effort because I'm 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 sure he, he he is trying every time he plays, but the way it looks is that there's there's kind of a reduction in the in the effort and the sort of work rate in these games where he's kind of a little bit sort of isolated and things like that. Whereas like last night he was, he was, he was excellent and you just want to kind of bottle that up and um, sort of unleash it kind of at will really. And you'd, you'd like him to be a little bit more consistent, but I guess we've learned over the last four years that consistency isn't, isn't something you're ever really going to get from him.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Do you agree, Glenn? We've got Joe Rebo. we put David Brooks, put
3: Jay Adams on there. Another substitute, Weeman. Again. Yeah. Just thought he could, I, I mean, I don't think Sam Badozi was that bad. But when when Man came on, he added a lot of a lot of energy, a lot of drive. They sort of like pushed him in field to number eight for a for a little bit and then put him back to the left wing. And when they brought Sulimana on to flatter to deceive, as usual. But I thought um yeah, I thought I thought Ryan Fraser, um, and I know this will um, boil a lot of urine. I didn't think Ryan Manning was that bad either. He was up against um, Philogene, who everyone's mm. been sort of raving about. Mm. Barely saw him. You know, yeah, that, I, that I,
4: one I, that one in the yes. first half where he got he got turned. Mm. But other than yeah. that, yeah,
3: yeah, I thought it he he did, he did he did okay, but he's the he's It's a bit like when he's you the know Danny people Fox. can. Yeah, couldn't stand Russell Martin's style of football, and they were going to slag it off no matter what. Yeah, I think Ryan Manning could score a hat trick and still get um, still get slagged off by certain people. But, I'm a pretty staunch yeah.
5: defender of Ryan Manning, but I did give him a force. So maybe I need to check my own. Uh, sort <laughs> of, um,
3: yeah, no, no I just, I just, I just thought he wasn't bad defensively, and um, yeah, in a in a game when uh, when most people struggled. I mean, I, I think sort of awarding fours and fives for. Everybody based on that first half, I don't mm-hmm. think. I don't think you can be blamed for that.
2: <laughs> yeah, fair. OK, well, there's a, a social media vote to follow to uh, to settle that debate.
0: Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
2: going to be back at St Mary's on Saturday for the visit of Millwall after a run of seven defeats in eight games they've sacked Joe Edwards uh, it looks like former boss Neil Harris is set to replace Edwards as head coach so it's this really strange situation um, Steve where they've they've pulled the trigger and so we're uh, they've had a manager in between the two games that we've played <laughs> so because someone they didn't have a manager last time did they it was a, a caretaker manager and there was all that the rumours about Nathan Jones potentially going in there so uh, it, it's a club that's in a bit of a mess at the moment.
4: It is, and they, they don't seem to, at board level, they don't seem to know what kind of football team they want to put out on the pitch, hmm. because ultimately they got rid of Gary Rowett because everyone was bored of playing dull, negative football, playing for playing for one nils and playing the percentages all the time. And so they brought in this young, young exciting, progressive um, uh, head coach rather than a manager with a view to getting Gary Rowett's uh, dour, negative um, set-piece players playing in a more sort of fluid passing game and everyone seems surprised that it's not worked immediately. And so they ripped up, ripped up that, um, that idea completely chucked it in the bin and gone for a guy who was sacked from a league two club because his side were dour defensive and um, were playing for set pieces. So good
5: those Very yeah, they were
4: well against us anyway, but then yeah. that was, that was a defense consisting of Alex McCarthy and Lianko. <laughs> so, um, yeah, swing, you know, um, let's let's take it for what it was. But yeah, I, they they feel like a club that's kind of pressed the panic button, really, um, because not only have they gone back to the the sort of old style that that they kind of thought they wanted to get rid of, um, they've had to pay Cambridge probably a significant amount of money to do mm-hmm. so um, to get him out of his contract there.
5: Steve is Neil Harris the first manager to manage in League Two, League One, and the Championship in the same season.
4: Uh, quite possibly. That's it's not yeah. usual,
5: is it? It's not a standard.
4: No, I mean I I would I'd be surprised if there were many others, certainly. But yeah, good good question. Great pub stat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's yeah, I mean the thing is now we don't really know what to expect from them. Which
5: they'll lock the ball forward, they'll knock it down and try and win the second ball. Um
4: they may do, but ultimately I think you would like to think that I mean, certainly after after the last setback against Bristol City, we properly turned up at the Hawthorns and, and put on a bit of a show and mm. played to kind of the, the sort of true potential that we have. And you, you would like to think that, that there'll be a similar reaction to this time around as well. And having quite rightly, I think, taken taken a fair bit of criticism for that first half, they'll be wanting to set the record straight. And what better to... What mm. better opposition than than the side that doesn't seem to be able to defend very well against kind of free-flowing teams? Ipswich were 3-0 up after about 20 minutes at the den last mm. week, um, had the game won very early. I mean, even Sheffield Wednesday went to went to the den at the weekend and um and beat them fairly comfortably. So it's it seems as if in in these tight games they're they're probably going to be competitive, I think, but against against teams who have who kind of try and be a little bit more sort of forceful in their attacking they look like they're struggling, and what was it seven defeats in eight I think and it's yeah it doesn't doesn't look great for them, especially now that um as i say they press press the press that big red big red panic button
2: you think it's going to be quite some bounce, Alfie, if they're going to get anything out of this. I think I was reading they've lost 11 of their 19 matches that he was in charge. Obviously, they lost at the weekend to to Sheffield Wednesday. We are going to have a point to prove, so we're going to have our tails up. It's going to be a, a tough game for them, and it's a great one for us, really. You couldn't ask for a better fixture.
5: Yeah, in terms of a game to be able to bounce back and, and sort of right some wrongs, it, yeah, there literally probably is no better fiction than this in the league at the moment. It's a shame that Mickey uh, Millwall, Millwall Mickey is not available really because I would have liked to have get his take on the whole situation. And, and, it,
2: of... and he would have been on had they not sacked their manager about an hour yeah. before we came on. So I think they're all busy re-recording one of theirs. But yeah, our our, uh, our, our resident Millwall fan sends his regards.
5: <laughs> I think there'll, there'll be a pretty clear game plan for Millwall and, and Neil Harris. It'll just be to... Mm. I mean, they're not going to come and do anything expansive other. They're not going to go man-to-man like Hull did. If they did, they won't have the quality to do it and they'll be picked apart. Um, so they will sit relatively deep at St Mary's, try and frustrate. And maybe it'll be one of those ones where they come out with something special and they, they get a point or something. But I'm pretty confident that um, this is a really good game to, to turn around. I think there'll be some players coming back into the team who are um, sort of chomping at a bit, raring to go. Um and it it's a massive chance. When when you've when you've had a slip up like this and you need to get back on the horse, um, you have to take the opportunity and this is a, a perfect one. So yeah, when I mentioned sort of the seven of the thirteen games we have left are in the against the top half. So um these are the ones that, you know, without question you have to win.
2: And there won't be a light show. We're not doing a midweek pod next okay. week. So there's no there's no excuses. Uh, Glenn, back in November, it was, um, Ryan Fraser scored that goal in, in added time. It was a really yep. late winner. Do you remember that was, a, was every couple of weeks, wasn't it? He was scoring like late winners and uh, getting us over the line. Everyone. It was. Wasn't yeah, it, yeah. on, it, it, it certainly it wasn't a classic by any stretch, that game.
3: No, I, it was one of those games. I think it, it was at the, sort of fairly close to the start of the, uh, the undefeated run where we've... We were winning games without really looking like a decent side, if that makes sense. I think we had that was the time when we were having a lot of possession without necessarily having a lot of shots. I think from what I remember, Charlie Alcaraz played in that game, so we were still sort of doing the false nine thing. We hadn't quite got it all all nailed down. I do remember Suleiman playing well in that game, which is one of the one of the few where he's actually looked looked effective. Yeah, we were the, we were the better side. And, they, keep,
2: and it, they keep had a good game as well, didn't he, Belkowski? If I
3: remember right, yeah, he made, uh, part, he made hard, a couple. Hard, he, made, he made a couple of sides, but we didn't we didn't work him particularly hard, mm. you know. Mm. And it was like we had all the possession as usual, but we only had a couple of shots. And then uh, yeah, we scored a sort of scruffy one in the ninety fourth minute, I think it was. So um, so yeah, I mean, but that was they had. Um, I think it was Adam Barrett in charge because Rowett had just got sacked. And we're led to believe that Neil Harris will be um, will be in charge. No, it has been so. It's, it's, yeah, has been announced. announced. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, Quite often they um, they sort of like sit in the stands for the first game, don't they? But he's he's got enough time to uh, have a training session. So I'm sure he'll he'll be in charge of the game on Saturday. Don't really know what to expect, but I mean, the good news is if anyone was expecting them to sort of like. As Alfie was saying, try and play like Hull or Huddersfield. He won't have enough time to get that organised. Mm-hmm. So uh, it 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 should be a game where, you know, we we can go out and play, dominate the ball, and cause some problems. Even if they do try and sit, you know, ten behind the ball and uh, try and hit a try and hit a striker. Um, like when when we talked about Hull last week, I sort of said about the you know they have forward players that I was worried about. Millwall mm. don't really have that, so. It's about defending set pieces, I think. And uh, as long as we do that, we should be OK.
5: Interesting, they've got Jaffa Tanganga on loan from Spurs, haven't they, who who actually played quite a few games, was it, for Mourinho um, that yeah. many years ago for Spurs? Yeah. yeah, and he's now on loan at Millwall. So, um, interesting how he gets on. We're going
2: to do score predictions in just a moment. So, if you're watching the the live stream, put your score prediction for the weekend in the comments. Just want to come back, Steve, to who starts for us on, on Saturday. I think we've kind of alluded to um, Flynn Downs. Coming Please. back. In, all being well. Please, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I guess maybe the subs that, that came on at, at half time.
4: Uh yeah, I think arebo rebo's got to start probably Brooks. Although, yeah, I mean I don't know whether you kind of take the view similar to Ryan Fraser earlier in the season that actually he's more effective off the bench at the moment. And you maybe go with I mean, personally I would I would give Adam Armstrong a break. Hmm. Yeah. Was he
2: injured, Alfie, or was that just tactical at halftime? No, you know? I, no mention
5: of injuries. So I presume it was just tactical. I mean, he touched the ball, I think, and I may be wrong. I think he touched the ball 12 times in 45 minutes, something like that. so I think it was uh, the right decision.
4: Hmm. Yeah, so maybe have Fraser and either a Dozy or Sulemana for, um on on either flank alongside Shay Adams. Uh, obviously, a rebo into midfield. Um so if you've got downs then I assume small bone plays because it seems as if when small bones fit small bone plays and the back four I guess probably picks itself so yeah I mean that seems fine I mean the, and the biggest biggest frustration I think from almost from uh, last night was that Bednarek didn't even get close to, um, yeah. to that book that uh, <laughs> booking that he needed <laughs> My tipping career
5: is over before it even started yeah. I, think, I think we knew
4: that <laughs> <laughs>
2: Um, Glenn, would you agree with that in terms of um, you know who comes in? I think like the subs and stuff, and obviously Flynn Downs were were hoping we we were teased with the fact he might have been okay for for Harley. Obviously wasn't. Um, I think yeah. uh, Russell Martin has said two games might be a bit of a stretch. So um, I'd certainly like to see that name on the, the team sheet at two o'clock.
3: Yeah, I mean, I personally I'd start Brooks. I'd also start Fraser, and um, and it'd be a, a choice between Stuart Armstrong and Smallbone, depending on if Stuart Armstrong's fit enough, fit enough. Because I do think that was that was part of the issue with um with Armstrong yesterday. It was the you know, just catching up with him the number of games. Um just didn't seem seemed very leggy. But yeah, I I agree with that. I mean Che Adams has to um has to come into the team I think. You know, Sekumare, yeah, he didn't get any he didn't get any service as such, but I don't think he worked particularly hard to um to you know, to to make things happen, and it's Adams frustrating, was,
2: isn't it? Though, because we were calling for him to to start last week. We were talking about, you know, he, he yeah, he very quietly. His and- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there were murmurs <laughs> for the first time this season, and, and yeah, then, I mean, we, we were kind of calling, it.
3: we were kind of calling for it because Adam Armstrong as a central striker doesn't really work. So, whilst Che Adams is injured and Ross Stewart is dead, then yeah, then then Sekumara probably, you know, having. Had a couple of okay substitute appearances he probably deserved to start. But um, uh, yeah, I was, I was frustrated with him on, um, on um, yesterday's game in the first half. And he can have no complaints about getting, getting hauled off at halftime. And, and Adams made a difference. But as Steve was saying earlier, Adams is so inconsistent. He was as, he was as bad as it was possible to be against mm-hmm. Huddersfield in his last game. But he did make a massive difference um, when he when he came on yesterday. So uh, no, so I hope he starts, and I I agree that I think it's time for Adam Armstrong to have a rest because the last four games, I think he's been he's been running on fumes a little bit, and uh, and and even though he 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 always to me anyway looks looks like a player who drifts out of games, there there haven't been as many sort of like moments where he's you know he's got this goal tally and this assist tally this season but I, it it seems to have got more and more spread out over the last sort of like five or six weeks so he could probably do with uh, with a rest and i mean cuz he's played virtually every game i know he didn't start the the fa cup games but you know he's he's played a lot of games this year so i th- i think it's fair enough to uh, to to leave him out, but yeah, I think there's I
2: mean... a, there's a stat somewhere that says most of his goal involvements are away from home anyway. Just to kind of, I think further, someone can pull that out, but just yeah. to further like back up your your claim that maybe this is the weekend that he, he sits out.
5: Well, this is also like you should be able to beat Mill at home regardless of how many changes you make. So if you even if you make three yeah. or four changes, you should be able to win. So if you're going to arrest somebody, this is the time to do it. And bringing in David Brooks it's not exactly like you're bringing in someone who's not capable, is it? So I mean, you could probably make the argument that David Brooks um, will have a better career, you know, at a higher level. So.
3: Um, I wouldn't be too worried about that. Yeah. S- Suleiman, is, Suleiman is the interesting one, actually. You know, maybe this could be a game for him. Maybe he could play centre-forward.
2: It just you annoys know. me when he comes on and then you get the uh, the away fans tweeting about the X million pounds worth of attacking talent that we've got on the bench and that we can yeah. bring on. It's like, well, it's one guy and he's not that great. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't mean he's any good.
4: It's a little bit, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, Man United paid £82 million pounds for Anthony. That's...
2: Um... <laughs> Yeah, that's no, case in point. Well, he, uh, let's he, he do wouldn't get an RT. Let's do some uh some score predictions. Um I, I assume we're all gonna um pitch in with the win for this. Steve, do you wanna go first with yours?
4: Yeah, comfortable, I think. a Couple of early goals and then we can kind of just drift through, I think. Uh three nil.
5: Okay. Alfie? Yeah, I'm gonna go for the exact same as Steve. I think um and this is like, sort of, I suppose, one of those famous clipboard moments where we all sit here on Sunday and it's like 4 1 mil, But I do think the Saints will be comfortable. I think they'll bounce back. I think there'll be a decent response. And whether it's the most sort of like continuous perform, whether they're all like really working as one and it's the best performance I've seen or not, I don't know. But I think they'll just have enough and it'll be a 3 0 win.
3: Okay. And Glenn? Um, not quite as optimistic as, as the guys because um, yesterday was that bad. So I'll, um, but I do think we'll win. I do think it'll be relatively comfortable, but I'll, I'll go for two nil. I just think okay. we'll we'll do enough with the amount of games that we've had relatively recently. I don't. I think if we get to the point where we're two 0 up, I don't think we'll be busting a gut to score a third one. Put it that way. Okay.
2: Don't forget, you can follow Total Saints podcast on all the social media platforms. Get in touch, share your score predictions as well. It's at Total Saints Pod if you want to check us out and find us on all the socials. Uh, we do enjoy hearing from you and your. Thoughts throughout the week. Maybe there's a question you've got for the team. Get in touch via the socials or via the uh, website. You can just drop us an email there if you've got something to share. And of course, I mentioned that new merch store uh, at the uh, the start of the show. It's shop.totalsaints.co.uk if you'd like to go and check that out. Uh, we're also on Patreon. That's where you can support the podcast with a monthly contribution. It's patreon.com forward slash total saints podcast. Uh, there are four tiers on there. It's between five and twenty pounds per month. Different tiers come with different perks, including some shouts for the patrons. In the Francis Benali and the Mick Shannon tier. Uh, so, thank you to Dave Melton, Mark Atkins, Andy Hollis, Anthony Thompson, Saints in Exile, Gavin Ford, James Harron, Nicky Nicholson, Southampton NY, Drew Dyer, James Kibbe and Mike E. They're all in our Francis Benali tier. And also thanks to Colt Baker, Dave Ernsberger, Ed Busy, Nick Higston, Phil Cook, Nick Reed, Paul Stewart, Phil Horstrop, Matt Hall, and Mark Littlewood are in our Mick Shannon tier. Thank you Steve thanks Alfie, thank you to Glenn Uh, thank you for watching and listening and we will see you again on Sunday evening at 7.15 for the next live stream. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming
1: up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year as football fans we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends we might not always feel as confident that's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 16-123. 116 they are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
0: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's.